This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. It's that time of the year when the team at Investec Asset Management publish their annual investment views and that's to share their outlook for the next 12 months. You can access all of these viewpoints by going to www.investecassetmanagement.com forward slash investment views 2019. And with me now is Peter Eerdmans, who is the co-head of Emerging Market Debt at Investec Asset Management in London to share his views for next year. The title is Growth Consolidation and reforms and it pertains to emerging markets local currency debt before we get into what you think of 2019 perhaps it's appropriate for us to look back at the tough year the challenging year as you call it that emerging market debt had in 2018 please peter Yes, hi, hi, Lindsay. Yes, it has been quite uh, quite a year, and, and uh, apart from a good start in in January, things turned uh, quite negative for the asset class quickly, and that that was only after about a year and a half, two years of of recovery after the the kind of recessionary period of 2013, 2015, and in, indeed, you know, the, the markets reacted to to bigger headwinds than than was expected. You know, clearly, the Fed was hiking, dollar liquidity was withdrawn, and but we kind of knew that was was happening but on top of that we had the outsized economic activity in the US clearly stimulated by fiscal uh, fiscal program uh, that added a lot to US growth which meant dollars were flowing back to to capture some of that uh, that growth and that caused problems in emerging markets who who were not really coping that well with that dollar liquidity that put pressure on on their currencies put pressure on on the short end rates in in those those markets and then of course at the same time the markets had to to deal with with increased rhetoric in, on the trade wars, uh, the, the, the pressure initially in, in the discussions around NAFTA with, with Mexico and Canada, but much more bigger uh, for the markets, the, the pressures later on in the year on, on China from, uh, from the US. Uh, and those global issues, they, they brought some vulnerabilities to the fore. And while most emerging markets are in a very good shape to deal with these challenges, I mean, if we think about current accounts and, and, and fiscal situations, they're a lot stronger than than in 2013, pre-taper tantrum. Still, there were some bad apples, and, and, and we saw that over the summer months, that, that particularly Argentina and Turkey uh, suffered a lot and, 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 and saw their currencies lose a lot of value, 30 40%, as the market uh, struggled with, uh, with the dollar liquidity. Withdrawal. Yes, of course, and that influenced countries like South Africa. Maybe we'll reference South Africa along with other emerging markets later. But very importantly, you say going into 2019, we expect some of the headwinds that you've just mentioned for emerging markets have that they faced in 2018 rather are going to ease why do you expect that yes i mean i don't think it's going to be an all-out fantastic positive environment and a massive massive rally but i think particularly what we're seeing is the rate of change in in these these variables is, is moving a little bit more positive for emerging markets so on the on the one hand that strong growth in america we see tailing off and we're already starting to see that and if we add to the to the recent trend, kind of the fiscal impulse falling away into next year, we are quite convinced that the economic growth in, in the US will not be as strong as it has been in the past year and, and moderate more towards trends. And that will allow for also the Fed to be a bit more bit more relaxed, a little bit less aggressive as they have been. And again, we are starting to see that in the rhetoric uh, of the Fed uh, governors. 
And at the same time, we expect emerging markets to, to see a bit of a pickup in growth. Clearly, last year, we saw a bit of a mid-cycle uh, slowdown in these emerging markets, but there is still a lot of room in the economic cycle for emerging markets. They really only came out of the, the true malaise kind of early 2016, whereas, of course, the U.S. is in a very long cycle. Europe's cycle is more mature. Emerging markets are a lot earlier in the cycle, so they have room for credit growth to pick up. They have room for, for some fiscal stimulus. They have room for, for monetary support, and, and they, they they have, you know, for that all to translate in growth and uh, and uh, consumer confidence, etc. So we think that will pick up. And in some ways, South Africa is a good example of that. You know, having having to deal with very negative growth surprise earlier, but 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 now growth is starting to pick up, and and, and we have seen uh, better numbers. And we think there's more examples of that. If we think about Brazil or Russia and some of the Asian markets uh, where things are looking better. So particularly that the kind of growth differential between the U.S. and emerging market world, which was moving negative way for emerging markets in favor of the US, we think that will widen again in in favor of emerging markets. And that is quite important, Mm. particularly if you combine that with a bit more relaxed monetary policy. Yes, I mean, and it doesn't sound, it, sorry to interrupt you, it doesn't sound like a, a, a completely uh, Goldilocks-style scenario, but it's certainly more satisfactory and a more enticing prospect for emerging market investors looking into 2019, if indeed what you've just said does come to fruition. Well, what I quite like is the, the convergence, as you say, of growth in the United States tailing off but still being positive and growth in emerging markets are starting to pick up, which really does help the investment case. You also talk about... Growing competition for capital in 2019, is that because of quantitative tightening in places like the United States and therefore more supply of paper on the market? Yeah, so that's why we're not saying this is all systems go and a big uh, a big rally. We did, do think that returns will be positive and, and we're coming from, from, from cheap valuations, but there is that, that competition for capital. We will see a lot of issuance uh, in, in the US. Clearly, that fiscal stimulus that we have seen doesn't come for free and it means a lot more issues of, of treasuries. And at the same time, of course, the, the Central Bank of Europe, the ECB, will stop its purchase program on the 1st of uh, January. We're not certain if that will uh, lead to more tightening later in the year. The way things look now, we think our base case is that the ECB will, will probably be later in, in starting to tighten. But there is this, you know, the, we won't see the additional stimulus of an, uh, from an expansion of the, of the buying program uh, into next year. So, yes, that is, there are definitely headwinds for the markets and uh, still, uh, and we think they're more than offset with, with some of the tailwinds that I mentioned and also uh, the valuations, which are very attractive. The other one that is clearly still a risk, but again, seems to be easing relative to 2018, is the trade wars. And, and of course, at the G20, we saw some uh, reconciliation remarks from both sides, the US and, and China. And the, the, there is now this period where we could see a deal uh, come to the to the fore. It's still highly uncertain if, if there is going to be a deal. I think the, the issues between the US and China are very deep rooted. It's not just trade war. There's a lot more about uh, geopolitical power uh, in the wider world. So I don't think it will go away altogether. But again, the delta, the, the change of negative news around that will probably be less in 19 than it has been in, in 2018. It may sound like a simple argument, but if we have in emerging markets as a whole high yields and moderate inflation, that gives you a decent real yield. And therefore, that should support the markets throughout 2019 if this situation prevails. 
Yes, I mean that that comes down to the valuations that I mentioned, and 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 even though the fundamentals, there's still some risks, of course, to to the outlook, as I explained. There is in emerging market, there is a lot of buffer. We we're looking at a lot of asset classes around the world, and many asset classes haven't really repriced in the last few years, and you know equities are still on the expensive side. So, you know, developed market yields are still on the low side. You know, real yields in emerging market debts are at their highest. They're as high as they were in the in the crisis of 2008 compared to to real yields in the developed markets world. Similarly, currencies are are close to multi-year lows if we look at kind of real effective exchange rate or other kind of valuation measures. So there's a lot of buffer now in emerging markets compared uh, to a lot of other asset classes, and so that means to us that even if if things prove challenging on the fundamental side, it is unlikely to translate in a big sell-off because people are already underweight and valuations are supportive. How important is fiscal consolidation and structural reforms? And again, I have to reference South Africa here because that has been something that has been absent. Those two things have been absent for many, many years. So apart from the, the modest inflation and the, the pickup in growth and the high yields, the, the two things I've mentioned, i.e. fiscal consolidation and structural reforms, they must form part of the investment case as well. Very much so. I mean, for us... Focusing on those type of factors, which we would make even wider, we would call them, you know, all the ESG factors, environmental, social, governance. For us, that is very important to have a view on a country that is moving the right way. We think has a much more higher likelihood to to see that translated in in better uh, asset prices versus countries that are going the right way. And 2018 has been full of those type of of stories. Of course, we've seen elections in many uh, many countries. We saw in in Turkey, a significant governance problem with, uh, you know, the central bank being under too much pressure from, from the presidency and leaving uh, interest rates way too too low for too long and, and way too uh, little fiscal uh, consolidation there, which put oil on the current account fire all the time. On the other hand, we have seen South Africa where things changed for the better and we have a much more prudent government in place that is making changes. And not all of those changes are easy. And if you think about ESCOM, et cetera, uh, but they are positive changes nonetheless. So a country like South Africa, we have a lot more positive view over the next two to three years than we would have in, in a country like Turkey. So those type of factors are very, uh, very important. And of course, there have been very interesting changes, uh, you know, also in Latin America. If we think about Argentina and Brazil, where we have uh, more market friendly uh, governments in place, Mexico, where, where we are worried about uh, the populist direction the government is taking there. So it is a crucial part. All in all, you know, there are examples, as I've mentioned, of, you know, improvement stories and and bad stories. All in all, particularly if we add in Asia and uh, Eastern Europe, uh, we are reasonably constructive on general reform and fiscal prudence uh, in the wider emerging market world. But there are clearly some examples uh, where we can point to deteriorating stories. But that makes, makes you know, uh, portfolio management and active management work right, for us to to uh, be able to to add to the, the more positive stories and, and avoid uh, the losers is, is what we, that's our job to, to deliver for our clients. Let's briefly wrap this up if we can, Peter. You say in our core scenario, we expect assets in general to perform well. Can you briefly tell us how you're positioning yourself for next year? 
So we are uh, modestly overweight kind of risk, as we would uh, would call it. Uh, so we, we're running uh, slightly bigger positions in kind of duration terms as well as in in currency uh, uh, currency terms. Within that, we we do uh, pick specific uh, countries. We we have a reasonably positive view on uh, on Asia at the moment. We think some of the Asian countries alongside China can actually be winners of of some of the the trades moving away from China into countries like. Uh, like uh, Thailand or Korea, where we have uh, overweight positions, in uh, in Latin America, we we are getting more positive on on Brazil uh, from a business point of view, uh, with Bolsonaro uh, uh, being more more business friendly, a bit more worried on on, on Mexico, South Africa. We, we we as I said, we do like the structural story. We do see some value there in in in, in the bond market, but clearly there are some. Uh, some issues around the credit, etc., and we, we await, uh, you know, of course, future news on on, on the budget, etc. But all in all, we are we are modestly overweight uh, the markets, and 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 as the year develops and we see news on on the growth picture that I mentioned or on the trade wars, we can adjust our portfolios further. Peter, thanks very much for your insight. That's Peter Edmunds, who's co-head of Emerging Market Debt at Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.